0: Well, good morning to those of you here in the chapel, to those of you on Zoom, and to any kids that are worshiping with us this morning from the comfort of your pajamas and maybe your breakfast table or your living room. It's so good to be able to be together even when it's wet and rainy outside. And we're gonna be talking this morning a lot about hunger and about food. And so for the kids in particular, I would invite you to think about hunger and food to maybe think back through the Bible stories that you know, that you might have heard before, and to think about where does hunger play into those stories? Where are other places in Scripture where we see people who are hungry, where we see people eating? Where are other places at church that we come hungry, that we eat? And you might want to think about your own life and the times that you get really hungry and the things that you like to eat, And you might want to make a list maybe of your favorite foods, maybe of your least favorite never-make-those-again foods. You might want to draw something or paint something, or you may want to go prepare a snack for your family while I'm talking. But for all of us, kids and adults, um, I want us to think about what it's like to feel really, really hungry. Like when you go too long without a meal and you are just extremely hungry, what are some of the things that you feel or that you experience? For those who are here in the chapel, you can just call them out. Crankiness. Crankiness. Amen. Yes. <laughs> what else do you feel when you are really hungry? Focused. Focused. <laughs> Focused on what? Food. Food. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> else that you feel or experience when you get way too hungry disoriented, dizzy. yeah disoriented dizzy excellent very good gold stickers for all well i'm wondering if you ever do what i do when you get really hungry which is to then eat a lot of something that doesn't actually satisfy you mm-hmm. that maybe cuts the edge and you know numbs the hunger but leaves you feeling worse. And I will say, and my family can back me up on this, I am the queen of this practice. Many of you know that I have this deep and abiding love for Taco Bell and for Diet Mountain Dew, which who knows what that is made of, and for good reason, because they are really delicious. But I can tell you that when you're hungry, There is a whole world of difference between eating a Doritos Loco taco in your car by yourself, on the one hand, or sitting down at a table, and maybe eating a vegetable stew that Weber has made, or a homemade biscuit and strawberry jam that Logan has made, Taco Bell will fill our bellies and, for me, makes me happy. And Jesus is present with us when we eat stuff like Taco Bell. But Weber's vegetable stew nourishes me in a different way. It connects me to the person across the table. It connects me to our shared love of food, of one another, of Jesus. It connects me to the Earth and all the vegetables that grow there and all the creative and beautiful things that we can do to tend them and to prepare them. These kinds of meals that are not eaten in isolation and in a hurry and not just to take the edge off our hunger, they are so much more satisfying. They are a taste of the kind of food that Jesus wants to give us to show us that he is present in us between us, with us, and he is giving us himself and all of creation to meet our deepest hungers, to really, really nourish us. And when we numb our hunger on things that aren't Jesus, we miss out on that kind of nourishment. Well, in that story from John chapter 6 that I read just a minute ago, These people come to Jesus who are really hungry, and he uses that hunger not to just feed them, although we'll talk about that, but to actually point them to what all their hunger is pointing them to, to point them to something that they need even more, which is himself, a hunger for God that only God can feed. And this story actually takes place over a lot of verses of John, like 30-something verses. And so it's spread across two Sundays in the lectionary. And so this Sunday, we're just going to talk about the hungry piece of that verse. What does it mean to bring our hunger to Jesus? And then next Sunday, when we come back to a rather repetitive stretch of Scripture, we will talk about what is the food that Jesus wants to give us. And I just want to say before we get too far into the passage that I know that for some of us, this whole idea of eating, of hunger, of listening to our bodies and the things we put in our bodies, and even bread itself, may not feel like a very safe metaphor. And so this is the scripture that's in front of us and what we will be talking about But I want to acknowledge that I know these are hard words for some of us. And if there is ever a way that you would like prayer or just someone to talk to, Liz and I would love to talk and pray with you. So, this story in John six is actually about halfway through the chapter and it comes on the heels of a bunch of miracles. So earlier in the chapter, Jesus has gone across the Sea of Galilee He's gone up a mountainside, and these crowds have followed him. And the crowds are people who are sick, people who are in need of healing, people who are longing for Jesus to do something for them. They're mostly poor. And they follow him up this mountain, and Jesus realizes they're hungry. And so he takes from a little boy a couple of loaves of bread. He gives thanks. He breaks them, and he gives them to the crowd. And there's more than enough, and everybody has their fill. No one is hungry anymore. And then Jesus teaches, and then he retreats to pray, as he often does. And then at nightfall, his disciples head back home across the lake. But in the middle of the night, when it's very dark, and the scripture says they're like three or four miles into the sea. I mean, they feel surrounded by water. A storm picks up. And their boat gets tossed around and then Jesus comes to them on the water and he calms them down he calms the storm down he gets in the boat and they go to the other side and that's where today's passage picks up is on the other side of this lake so over in the distance is the mountain where they ate yesterday and between them is this lake and storm that Jesus has calmed and commanded And when the people that he fed yesterday wake up, they see that the boat is gone. They say Jesus is gone. And so they get in boats and go across the lake because they want to be with him that badly. And I think this context matters because these are the kinds of people that are asking Jesus the questions that they're asking him today. These are people who are hungry to be with him. They have crossed a lake twice. They have climbed a mountain. They know what it is to be fed by him. They just want to be with him. These are hungry people. And so Jesus tells them in verse 26, he says, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. It sounds like he's accusing them of just wanting a free lunch. And that might be what he's doing, but I don't hear rebuke in Jesus' voice because we know from yesterday that he actually loves to give them loaves. He has compassion for their hunger. He likes feeding people who need bread. So I think what he's doing instead is not rebuking them, but inviting them to really pay attention to their hunger and to what they really want from him. He's drawing them deeper into this conversation, beyond where they were yesterday with the bread, into something even better. So then he says in verse 27, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So he's saying, I have more to give you than yesterday's bread. I have a food that gives you life in a way that you haven't tasted. And clearly they are curious, and so they ask him, how? How do we perform the works of God? How do we work for this food of eternal life? And then Jesus gives them an answer that performing the work of God really isn't performing or working at all. He says, you believe in him whom he has sent. In other words, Jesus is saying, you believe in me. You come hungry. You turn away from the things that don't satisfy you. You don't fill your belly up with things that lead to death. And instead, you come to me. You receive everything that I want to give you. You show up hungry and you receive life from me. This is the work of God. This is a God who wants to nourish you. And so the people say, okay, if we're going to believe in you, if we're going to trust you to feed us, we need a sign. Now, our ancestors had a sign. Weber and um, Ben, (laughs) I couldn't remember who read the psalm, Read about this in Exodus and in Psalm 78 earlier. This sign of manna from heaven that had proved to their ancestors that God really wanted to keep them alive. God really wanted to bring them to safety. God really intended to feed them. So they're saying, there was this sign of manna, but what's our sign? How can we trust the food that you're talking about? And Jesus tells them, I'm the sign. I am the true manna. I'm what manna was always meant to be. I'm not food that is here today and gone tomorrow. I'm not food just for one little group of people wandering in the desert. I am this meal that is forever for all people, for the life of the world. And they respond to this with what is one of my favorite lines of scripture. They say, sir... Give us this bread always. I just love how hungry and needy that is. Give us this bread always. Whoops. So now Jesus has drawn them in this conversation to a point where they see they are hungry enough to really appreciate what Jesus is offering them. Even if they don't completely understand, they know that they want it, And they want it always. And this is when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is that bread that feeds us with the life of God himself. And all that he asks us to do is to show up hungry and to believe. And really... The whole Bible is this story of showing up hungry, of being hungry, because these crowds that are following Jesus are hungry, and then as we heard in those stories, their ancestors in the desert were hungry, but actually if you go all the way back to our furthest furthest back ancestors in the garden, God actually created people hungry from the very beginning. He made us hungry. It's part of being human. And the way that he keeps these hungry people alive is by giving every plant and every fruit, every vine and every tree, all of creation is like this feast that is spread for us. And then he blesses it and he calls it all good and he rests. Hunger is actually built into creation before the fall. Our hunger is good. It's how we're made to live. We're actually made to get our life from God and from the earth and from one another. We are made to depend on God for our life. And eating is intended to be this communion with God, this enjoyment of creation. I read this beautiful description of creation as God's love made tasteable. And that's really what it was made to be, tasteable. And so our problem is not our hunger. Our problem is actually what we feed it with. When we have all of God's good gifts at our disposal and we eat metaphorical Taco Bell, I will never slam literal Taco Bell because it's delicious, as we've established. We know from the story from Genesis that Adam and Eve actually chose the only thing in the garden that God did not give them for life. The only thing that they heard would lead to death. They chose to eat and to have communion with death instead of with God and with life and with his good gifts. And the Russian theologian Alexander Schmemann, who I read quite a bit of this week, he writes this. He says, The original sin is not only that man disobeyed God, but that he ceased to be hungry for God alone. He ceased to see his whole life, depending on the whole world, as a sacrament of communion with God. So we know Adam and Eve fed their hunger with the food of death. And we know that they ate shame and isolation and separation. We know that that meal is still something we can feed our hungers with. But we also know through this story and through the life of Jesus that God is setting things right. That Jesus is the food that God is sending that has his life in it. He is our bread of life. His broken body meets our deepest hunger when we come hungry and we trust him. So I want to end this week just to invite us to be more hungry and to pay attention to how we experience our hunger and what we do with it. I think, like I have established with Taco Bell, We're very good at numbing our hunger or feeding things that don't actually nourish us. And our solution is not to be less hungry, but to actually be more hungry, to really pay attention to what we're hungering for and then to bring it to the only one who really can feed us. So I'm not just talking about our bellies, but about our souls. This week I want us to think about What am I hungry for? Am I hungry to be seen, to be listened to, to be noticed, to be loved? Am I hungry for justice somewhere in the world? Am I hungry to be at peace in a body that betrays me? Or to be healed from something painful? What am I really hungry for? And then in that hungry place, Do I really believe Jesus will feed me? So the way I'd like to invite us to do this, to just pay attention to our hunger, is through something we've talked about here before, but it's called the Daily Examine. It's just a spiritual practice of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Yesterday was his feast day. If you're into saints and feasts and that sort of thing. I happen to only know that because I saw it on social media, but very convenient. And uh, this was a spiritual practice that he developed that is just a way of, at the end of each day, paying attention to what brought life and what brought death, and then using that to notice what we are hungry for and how God is feeding us. And the more we pay attention to that, the more we notice our hunger, and the more we notice where God is feeding us with life, the more we can bring our lives into that feast that he has spread for us. And so there are lots of more complicated ways of doing an examen, but what I want to challenge all of us to do, maybe over dinner or maybe just before bed, every night this week, is just to ask two questions, kind of review your day, welcome God's presence and then to ask where did I feel most alive today where was I feeding on the life of God and then where did I feel the life draining out of me today where was I left hungry and we're going to do this as a community we're going to spend a week just sort of sitting in hunger and noticing and then there'll be a chance next week to, to bring those to our time of worship together. But I'm just gonna pray for us and then we'll take a minute of silence before we sing. We're just gonna kind of leave on this hungry note. Jesus, we are hungry people. And thank you that all you ask of us is to show up hungry and to believe that you want to feed us. Jesus, would you show us where you want to feed us this week? Would you show us the hunger that is beneath all our hungers? And would you meet us there? Would you give us this bread always? Amen.